Welcome to the Media Boat Podcast. Today is May the 23rd, 2018. This is episode 124. The Media Boat Podcast, in case you didn't know, is your source for news, thoughts, feelings even, about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. Oh, totally in that order. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, my name is Matt, his name is Mike. I'm Mike, he's Matt, we are Media Boat Podcast. It's true. And I think we're ready to go. We're ready to dive into this. We're always ready to go. Yeah, we have some Um, thoughts for you on several stuff. We've been busy. Uh, busy engaging in, in entertainment for you. For our audience. Yes. And at the very end, I'm going to give you my complete thoughts on God of War. Very spoiler heavy, but that is, of course, at the end when we do games. But first, we always start with... Movies. We always start with movies, and we always start movies with the box office. So your past weekend at the box office was, of course, easily dominated by Deadpool 2, which is your number one with a bullet, with a $125 million debut. I think we called this, like, on the money. We went over under on 120, and... 120? You picked the under. Uh, I believe I... Was it 120? Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, so 125. We weren't super we weren't confident off that. about it. Well, no, I wasn't. But yeah, 125, pretty much close enough. But yeah, pretty much. We, we know what we're talking about every once in a while, it turns yeah. out. So yeah, easily your number one movie, best at the Avengers, but not by a whole lot, like in well, the grand scheme of things. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, yes, by numbers, yes, by a whole lot. But by, by weekend numbers, the debut hit the debut numbers that it should. Yeah. But Avengers 2 came out in second place with just $29 million uh, to add to its grand total, which domestically is $595 million. But that was the weekend. So as of this recording, it yes. has officially crossed the $600 million. million mark. The third Marvel film to do that. Matt, name the other two. Um, uh, uh, Black Panther? Yes. Um... And Civil War. Uh, no. no, Avengers. Avengers. First Avengers. First Avengers. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so, rounding out your top five, here's the rest of the top five, a.k.a. the non-superhero movies on this list. <laughs> Book Club, your... Uh, old Ladies Read Christian Grey. Old Ladies Grey. Read Fifty Shades of Grey movie comes in with another $13 million. Life of the Party is your number four movie. That's dropping Melissa down the McCarthy? list. McCarthy? And finally, breaking in at number five with just six million dollars. I don't know what that is either. All right. Oh, that was the the, the super mom breaking into her home to save her kids. Oh, right. That thing. Yeah, that thing. All right. Let's move on then into this next week's releases. Of course, everything got out of the way of the big release this weekend for your Memorial Day three day spectacular. Solo, a Star Wars story, which is the Star Wars spinoff all about Han Solo. So, so you're saying there's only one movie coming out? It's a solo, solo premiere? A solo yes. round? Solo. <laughs> movie solo, solo time? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, chances are that's what you will be seeing. And uh, that will be your number one yep, movie. I'll be seeing it at some point. The Doctor wants to see it with me, so we're going to go do that. Probably Monday, since it's Memorial Day and everyone's got it off. But you saw a movie this week, and you saw Deadpool. Uh, do uh, we want to talk about Deadpool? Well, do we want to put a number on Solo? Uh, you know, we can, if you want. Well, what, are you, what are you hearing? What's the scuttlebutt? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I feel like 100 is a safe play. 
Although I, I feel like it's gonna hit somewhere in the eighties. You think? Although hundred for the the, the three day weekend, in total. Okay. So let's go with all encompass Memorial Day. Hundred. Hundred. Over under. Yeah. Okay. I'll take the over. All right. I feel more confident. I think you than you do. Maybe, but Memorial Day power, man. Yeah, that's the thing that yeah. may may put this thing over. May. Put this thing over? Yes. May? Because it's May. Ah. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, 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 it let's may force that. it. Yes. To... Okay. All right. Okay. No. Force. You've gone too far. All right. All right. You're forcing it now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you saw Deadpool. You want to talk about Deadpool 2? I saw Deadpool 2. How was Deadpool I didn't see 2? just Deadpool 2. I saw Deadpool 2 twice. You saw... Okay. So, you definitely know... How you feel about Deadpool 2 at this point. Yes. So how do you feel about Deadpool 2 at this point? Uh, I still feel very meh about it. That seems to be the vibe I'm getting. So, when I so when we watched Deadpool 1, I said that this film wouldn't exist without X-Men and Logan and everything like that. Because right. it all those jokes and meta-commentary are basically melded in with the Fox Marvel mm. Universe. Deadpool 2 doubles down on all of that. But not right. only just that, uh, 80s pop culture references and very heavily into the fake team building dynamic that has been sweeping with Justice League and Avengers. Right. And, you know, X-Men has always been. Uh, with the X-Force that comes and quickly goes. Uh, this film is... I can't give this thing a good review. Yeah. I saw it twice and I was bored the second time around because, well, one, I already saw it, but two, it just didn't capture me like the first one did. The first one was just something special because it was unique, something you hadn't seen before. But when you start breaking the fourth wall constantly, it ceases to exist and it ceases to remain the gimmick. Right. Because that's what Deadpool as a character is. It becomes basically like, is this just uh, two hours worth of references and not really a movie anymore? Right. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm curious about something. So, I think a fair comparison to a, a similar kind of situation, at least for me this year, Ready Player One. Okay. How does this feel in, com- in comparison to that? How much prior knowledge? Because I feel like both of these movies require a lot of prior knowledge to really enjoy. Um, Ready Player One plays into the nostalgia of the 80s, of anyone who has a general understanding. General of, understanding. General understanding of pop culture. Just pop culture and 80s pop culture right. uh, references. But it's not needed to understand the plot. Same thing with Deadpool. The references it make aren't needed to understand the plot, but you just lose a bunch, like maybe two-thirds of what makes the Deadpool movie good if you take the references out. Right, okay. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird thing to to go about because it's not it's not a bad film. It's just steers too hard into the current pop culture fourth wall breaking that it starts to tumble. Yeah, I think you hit on it when you said that the the words double down. 
Because that's the vibe I get, is that you definitely double down on, like, oh, here's what people reacted positively to mm-hmm. in the first one. So let's just focus in and just go all the way with those things. Yeah, which is usually what you do with yeah. a sequel film. So, But I think another interesting comparison here, so Thor Ragnarok is kind of Marvel's closest that they've gotten to, like, this is basically a comedy. Um... Ant-Man. Like Marvel Studios, I guess. Ant-Man was pretty much comedy. And Guardians, maybe, to Guardians. a certain extent. But I feel like yeah. Thor Ragnarok has a focus on it in a way that I didn't expect. Yeah. And so, like, that being their most recent example of that, what do you think is the, is the more, like, effective approach at humor? Is it this, this shotgun approach that Deadpool uses, or this more, like, specific, like, less referency and more, more, let's let the characters be funny? Kind of humor. I think it's a bit different uh, vibes because with Thor, you've been on four adventures prior to this with him and all the referential stuff and backtracking that they do is made because you've been on this cinematic journey. A continuous journey, Mm -hmm. supposedly. Whereas Deadpool makes references to everything and anything it can. Yeah. So it's very different and sometimes it works, sometimes it, it misses. Most of the time it hits because you understand it. It's going for the LCD. Right. The lowest common denominator here. <laughs> Which works because it's a comedy. You're supposed, yeah. to, you're supposed to do that. But what makes Thor the better film is because it is highbrow comedy. It is supposed to make you think a little bit more. It is self-referential, self-referential upon itself and upon stuff that has happened within that universe whereas Deadpool pulls from all universes both DC and Marvel and real life and comic books and uh, even actors Ryan Reynolds life so it's very spray and pray and just everywhere in terms of his comedy so there's something in it for everyone, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but because there's something for everyone, it's it never too... focuses on one thing. Sounds like you're saying it's too broad. Yeah. It's too broad. Yeah, that's a tough one. It seems like, uh, but it seems like people who are looking for that kind of thing will be very satisfied. Well, because, yeah, it's so broad that you'll enjoy it, yeah. but you're not going to appreciate it much like the first Deadpool. Sure. It's not, and plus, it's not as surprising because... It was such a new thing. Yes. Also, Thor is better than all. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, <laughs> Hemsworth is better than all. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. So, uh, I think we've said a lot of words about Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, so on your on the patented uh, media vote scale, what do you think? Uh, stream it. Stream it. Definitely stream it. You don't need to go to the theater to watch it. Especially There's at this no... point, if you haven't, you probably won't. Yeah. Because the people who are really excited about it probably saw it. Right. There's also no need to force yourself to go see it. Yeah. Because any of the jokes made are just going to be you'll passed right by. You'll or hear, you'll hear them. And you'll laugh because it doesn't need to be in a Deadpool universe yeah. setting. Yeah. And the, that's the thing about those types of jokes is they can be made anywhere. So why are we making them here? Yeah, a little bit. All right, let's move on then uh, from uh, Deadpool 2 to a different kind of torture. Yes, the number <laughs> six film on the box office. Let's talk about Show Dogs. Okay, so this is the Will Arnett film that also premiered about this past weekend. About Show Dogs. Like, yeah. a, like you're, you're kind of like a, uh, 
a best in show kind of dog show. Except the thing. dogs are animated and they talk. Yeah. Or they're real life, but they're like Scooby Doo animated. Well, and they talk. about that. So some people aren't super happy about how the dogs and certain other things are portrayed in this movie. Note uh, specifically the National Center on Sexual Exploitation and none other than our friends over at PETA. So let us remind you that this is, of course, a children's film. A PG-related film. All right, so what have they taken issue with, you ask? What have they taken issue with, Matt? Thank you for asking. The movie (laughs) contains, quote... This is, I'm guessing, from the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Yes. Essentially, a sextortion scenario. Yeah. Yeah, And a textbook sexual abuser move. Apparently, what they're referring to is that there are multiple scenes where the dog character must have its private parts inspected, in which the dog is uncomfortable, but is told to go to a, quote, zen place, unquote, and will be rewarded for withstanding the discomfort. The filmmakers responded to these claims in a statement saying that the dog show judging was, quote, completely accurate as done at shows around the world. But they also apologized to any parent who feels the scene sends a hidden message, but that was definitely not their intent. Distributor Global Road is stepping up and recutting the film, which will be available in theaters this weekend. Yes. The recut. So, the recut is available this weekend. Yeah, it's kind of weird. We're in a weird... This is a weird place because they're dogs, they're not people, but it is a kid's film, and kids are very impressionable. Also, if you're supposed to be, like, the kids are supposed to be uh, seeing the dog characters as kind of the main characters of this film... Right. Then, yeah, they they don't read it as different. They don't read it as... Not only that, but they they take it as... um, as voice actors, uh, the main dog played by Chris Ludacris Bridges. <laughs> Thank you for his full proper name. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's Ludacris. The legal name. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just Ludacris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is definitely Ludacris. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's weird because I think if they weren't talking and just did like the animated like facialize, you may get away with it. But because you do have the dogs talking, the dogs talking to one another about going to a Zen place. And it being a verbal confrontation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just a weird. It's first of all, it's a kind of a messed up thing to have in your movie. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're kind of taking it out. Uh, it's just, yeah, the bad choices were made in this movie in all sorts of ways. It sounds like. Uh, so Will Arnett, what you doing? Yeah, this isn't also the first time we've had a PG film with adult yeah. or overzealous. Um, Ideas. Uh, if you recall, we had Peter Rabbit with the. You're all over the place. vocabulary right now, by the way. I'm just letting you know. I'm trying, I'm really trying not to correct you. I'm like, it's hurting me. Go ahead. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so let's stop talking about that story. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm don't go see show this. dogs. I actually thought about going to see show don't dogs. Don't go see show dogs. See, don't give them money. See what this was. But Let's move no. on and talk about good movies because the Cannes Film Festival happened. Oh, yes. The good awards films. that were given out um, happened annually at Cannes uh, were presented by jury president Kate Blanchett, Ava DuVernay, Kristen Stewart, Dennis Villanueva, Dennis Villanueva, and Chang Chen with help from Gary Oldman and Roberto Benigni. 
Winners this year of the competition include Shoplifters, a movie by Hirokazu Koreeda, won yes. the Palm d'Or. Yes, this is a that's a film about a family who's come into wealth, but then secrets start to get out about how they acquired said wealth and yeah. have to try and stick together. Hmm, so okay. this is your big winner. That's the Palm d'Or. Yes. Black Klansman, uh, the, which we talked about last week briefly, yes. uh, by yes. Spike Lee, the new Spike Lee joint. Yes, um, well, we mentioned that trailer is out right now, so you can watch it, get your own opinions, but that is the Grand Prix winner. Grand Prix. Uh, Cold War by Powell Paulikowski, uh, and uh, I guess won the director prize. Yes, well, the, the, the director specific prize for his black and white take of a blooming romance during the Cold War era of, in Russia. Uh-huh. Iron Curtain. And a special Palm d'Or went to uh, famous director Jean-Luc Godard. It's damn Godard. Still making movies. Go dart yourself. Wow. You know how I feel about Godard. Uh, yeah, we're very <laughs> opposite uh, with that. Yes. So there you go. Those are your future uh, blockbusters right there. You, you uh, can maybe. say I'm breathless. You're breathless in your... <laughs> And your lack of defense. Yes. All right, let's move on to the next story then. Uh, Warner Bros. The, the big Warner Brothers are making moves. They're making moves in the to, to the tune of $50 million as they've made a deal for the film rights to In the Heights. If that sounds familiar, you might be a fan of Hamilton's Lin-Manuel Miranda as that, of course, is based on his Tony-winning musical from him and or 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 I... Oh, Ira? Oh, Allegria this. Foods. <laughs> Don't know how to say that any of those names. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, the film was originally at the Weinstein Company, but as you might have guessed, quickly rebuked the rights following the scandal. The play, in case you don't know, follows a bodega owner in Washington Heights who strikes it rich and plans to leave until the pull of the neighborhood and the people in it give him second thoughts. John M. Chu... Uh, previously from Step Up 3D, Now You See Me 2, will direct. But no word if Lin-Manuel Miranda himself will return to the starring role that he originated in the Broadway show. Uh, I think this, I think he'll return to the role if he gets good reception from his role in the upcoming Mary Poppins film. Yes, we'll see. If he does well in that and people accept him as an actor and not a Broadway star... Then you may see him in more films. Though, don't expect this to happen anytime soon, though, because... This obviously is uh, this might not see production for a while. Yeah. Because it's important to note here that Hamilton itself has also been optioned for a film years ago. Right. So that hasn't happened yet. So think about the pipeline here. Of, it's going to take a while. Of Lin Manuel yeah, Productions. Lin Manuel is going to be busy for a bit. So yes. don't well, get your He's always up. Made, kept himself busy. Yes, yes, he has. Uh, plus, he's also um, doing more work for Disney. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, last story about movies is about one of our favorites here on the Media Boat Podcast, the badass known as Idris Elba. Yes, Mr. Luther. Uh, Idris Elba is getting behind the camera now for a modern retelling of Victor Hugo's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. But who's he going to play? Well, it'll be on Netflix oh. before we get that. And Elba will play Quasimodo. I say bad casting. Eh, yeah, I know. He's too attractive. He's too attractive to play a hunchback. <laughs> and produce music for the film. Yeah, that, that's got me weird. He's going to produce the music he might, for this. I didn't know he was a musician, but of course he is. What am I talking about? He probably does all sorts of things. 
he's probably super good at all of it too because he's Idris Elba. He has that suave voice that he yeah. just says stuff and that he's good at and just is. That is music. His voice is music. His voice is music. Michael Mitch Mitnick. I am sucking names today. No. You just picked a, a lot of bad names for me to say. I didn't pick them. The world picked them. The world picked them. I guess the the writer of the current war. Movie, not the current war we're having. No, right the, the current war. Get it? Current. current uh, war. Tesla and Edison yeah. and oh, the current House. war. Got yeah, it. that's coming out later this okay. year. Uh, we'll write the script. Or did that come out last year? I don't know. This is apparently Alba's second directed film after his Sundance film Yardy last year. Yeah, Yardy. All right, that does it for movies. Let's oh, move right. into television, and we always start television with. Sports and things are happening in sports. First up, you have the same. Uh, you have a, a follow-up from last week's story. So yes. your, uh, uh, I believe, testify. testify. You keep writing his name wrong. It's justify. No, isn't it testify? Is it testify. It's testify. Oh, it's justice. The horse that won the Kentucky Derby has also <laughs> won the Preakness. That's all you need to know. So that means that they the horse is one away one away from the Triple Crown. It just has to beat. Uh, uh, when the Belmont Stakes. Yes, Belmont is in three weeks. So Belmont. when that happens, I believe the it's justify or testify. I don't remember. Justify. I think it's justify. You read justice written down, which justice. is not right. <laughs> and I, we did the same thing last week. <laughs> it's like that is not the name of that horse. Uh, but yeah, so uh, good for you, horse. The other big news in sports, of course, is the Stanley Cup playoffs, which have been decided. We now have two final teams competing for the Stanley Cup. The Las Vegas Knights will face against tonight's winners, the Washington Capitals. Game one is on It's justify, people. Justify. It's justify. Justify. Like, justify to the show. Yes, but but not I. It's justify. Yes, justify. Yes. Okay, so there you go. Yes. It's it's not a dumb horse thing like I'd I'd hoped. It's kind of a dumb name. It's not as dumb as, uh, what was... One California of Chrome? No. Man of War? Secretariat? <laughs> yes, they're all bad. Let's be real. Uh, so that American is... American Pharaoh. <laughs> uh, anything else to add to, uh, sports? Um, the NBAs are in both East the and West. The okay. NBAs. They're both still in the <laughs> East and West finals. <laughs> uh, they should be decided, so we'll have, uh, those finals starting next week. Okay. Uh, that, no... Uh, we should probably talk about the NFL thing. Uh, oh, you want to talk about that I wanted to avoid that, but yeah. It's a, it's a big news story for sports. All right, so let's talk about the Just NFL. briefly, uh, so Commissioner Roger Goodell confirmed this morning that the owners had signed the, of the NFL teams, uh, had signed a, a, a basically um, uh, rules and regulations about uh, about. The, the, about the national anthem about uh, being the, the kneeling controversy yes. uh, basically addressing the kneeling controversy so when players are on the field they will be required to stand players who do not wish to stand during the anthem can stay in the locker room during the play of the anthem and that will be allowed there may be penalties there may be penalties if they're outside and, and they and kneel they're or they're not standing or doing something like yes Suggesting non-compliance is essentially what's going on. It's basically a compliance rule. I wonder if that instead of doing the right hand over, they do the left hand over. Yeah, I don't know. Like something super subtle. Yeah. They might not notice. Or just stay in the locker room. Um, so yeah, you brought up an interesting point after this. 
you know, I have my opinions about this. Like, I already kind of told you about, like, my, I, it's kind of, you know, for, for a league that ostensibly said that they weren't going to get political. And then make a decision to make a pub. Well, this statement. is political. I'm sorry, but uh, they, this, you can't do something and say it's a political stance. This yes. doesn't make any sense. Uh, the second, uh, though, you actually brought up a point that I thought was interesting. That broadcasters now have a decision to make about how they portray this. Right. Whether they stay on field and just cover the people who are on field standing, or do they cut to locker room? Do they show up picture in picture in locker room? What do they do? Well, see, when you're at the game, when you're, when you're at the live game, you don't really notice who's on no. the sideline. No. But you can definitely tell if someone's kneeling. But if someone's in the locker room, you really can't tell until. Play starts and you start trying to look for your favorite player. And you know it's going to be the the, the 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 commentators are going to mention, oh, it looks like so-and-so is not on the field for the anthem. Right, but see, that's the thing. It's the yeah. commentators for the broadcast, not right. the live audience. Yeah, I'm only talking about broadcasting. Right. Because that's how 99% of people will watch their football games. Some people don't get to go to football <laughs> games. I'm sorry to break it to you. I know. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> I know, it is. Especially having to like fly across country just to watch a couple football games. Uh, poor something. you. Poor me. Poor you. All right, what else in sports before yeah. we wrap up? But yeah, so yeah, broadcasters may have the option to yeah, it'll be interesting to, to, to show them in the locker room or just not show them at all or not make any mention of it. Yeah, because if you don't mention it, you don't see it. This is up to the broadcasters, not the NFL now. Right. Ultimately. Ultimately. I mean, uh, because, yeah, the problem. NFL made their call. Uh, this is apparently real. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's kind of depressing to me, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. That's not till football season. Also, yeah. is it football season yet? No, you have months. Ugh. Cool out. All right. Other than that, no. Nope. Right. Baseball's still going on. Yep. I think the uh, College World Series is about to get underway. Okay. So, we're going to Omaha very, very soon here. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, we're usually oblivious at the game. Yes, 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 we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a different experience. I, I know, we are. All right. Yes. All right, so let's, l- let's talk about a different type of sports now. Move into sports to sports programming as ESPN has made a big announcement. The sports company has purchased the broadcasting rights to the UFC, bought from Fox Sports, and will start in January. The agreement is worth $1.5 billion, which oh, will be paid that? over... Sorry. $1.5 billion, which will be paid over five years, which is including the previously announced $150 million a year with ESPN Plus to stream 15 events annually. UFC will retain the rights to 12 pay-per-view events per year. Their new president, Jimmy Pitaro, praised the UFC, describing it as an ascendant property and touting its young and diverse demos. You mean the people they want watching ESPN? Exactly. This is really <laughs> smart. Oh, yeah. So we've been talking about kind of the plight of uh, ESPN, ESPN over and the last few years. Not only that, but just how they've been losing constant They're averaging people. They're, they're losing their audience. They're losing their core demos. And this is good. This is a good idea because it gets your key demographics caring about your network mm-hmm. if you're the only game in town. UFC is huge. UFC is getting bigger every year. And to capitalize now is really intelligent. So this may be the first good move they've made in years. Well, this is basically the first good move since 
Monday Night Football when Monday they were the football. only primetime game in town. Yeah. Then they did. Then NBC said, "Do Sunday Night Thir- Football." Yeah. And then the Thursday Night the stuff, happened, stuff happened. It's just yeah. yeah. But this is smart. Uh, it'll it'll hopefully bring a new audience to them. But this ESPN Plus thing is the more interesting part about this. Right. They need to be pushing the streaming. They need to push the streaming. We have been seeing commercials for the streaming on yep. ESPN. They're doing a good job of getting the word out, but they need to focus on it. Right. They, That'll be the next thing. They need to turn us into subscribers or <laughs> us into using it. Right. You know, just, just so, so as far as making you aware of it is the first step, but you need people to actually subscribe to it or, you know, become a user in it. Yeah. And that is the big option. Or the, the big elephant they're trying to conquer right now. Right. The, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the elephant they're the, trying the, to the conquer? The mountain in the room. No, you're getting, yeah, I was going to say, you're getting some weird mixed metaphors going on here. All right, let's move on to uh, from from an aging network to an aging network measurement. Uh, I see what you did there. So, if you know anything about television ratings... And I know a lot. Well, I mean, besides us. We oh, literally yes. went to school for that. <laughs> Um, if you have heard of television ratings, you've heard the word Nielsen. Nielsen has been the company that has been tracking television ratings since kind of forever. Yeah. Uh, since at least the 60s, right? I believe late 60s, 70s. So you know, when they first mentioned that TV was outpacing radio. <laughs> yeah. This is then how they did it. The Nielsen ratings basically I mean, took over. We could go in and explain exactly how Nielsen works, but we're not going. We don't have time for that. So what I'll tell you Select is that audiences. Yeah, it, it, it's basically how media companies figure out who's watching what, whether that be the networks or people who advertise on the networks. Well, some people think that maybe it's time is over, and some people are Turner Broadcasting as executives over there have announced their intention. To go all in on audience targeting by encouraging media buyers, the buyers who buy ad spots, right? That's my reading of this. Yes, the the ad companies. Yeah, the ad companies, essentially, to maybe stop paying so much attention to Nielsen and pay attention to other things. Turner's president, David Levy, touted the new era of media, era I think you mean, and proposed... Well, era is spelled like era. (laughs) Era. Yeah. Uh, the, the, new, the new ear of media. Um, oh, did I just have ear? You have the word ear. Oh, that's why. <laughs> era. The new era of media and proposed retiring the old ways of the Nielsen television metrics. He highlighted shows that may not have the Nielsen metrics they want, but have a high social media and video on demand presence. Now, this is another other bigger than... The recent Brooklyn Nine-Nine cancellation. For sure. So, so basically, this kind of follows some trends that we've been following here on the, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, television is not seen live anymore. As nearly, not nearly as much as it used to be. In People the past are watching decade. In other ways. People are watching via streaming services. People are watching video on demand services. People are recording it. Uh, like, like I said, the past yeah. decade or so... Recording TV and watching it when you want has become the yes, norm. That is the way people engage in television. Right. So the Nielsen's are kind of by default kind of outdated because it's based 100% on people watching live. Uh, in the past couple years, they have added any type of video demand or streaming, anything that was recorded but it's like a separate within chart. a week. But yes, that yeah. is a separate chart. It only counts for that week, not 
any amount of time it's played over and over again. So it's a different game. So basically what Turner is saying is stop stop thinking too much about who's watching your programs live because that's not where television is watched anymore. Mm-hmm. Get with the times and think about, well, social media coverage. That matters too. What are the shows people are talking about at the most volume? You pointing out uh, the recent talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine is important because Brooklyn Nine-Nine probably got canceled by Fox because the ratings live weren't there. Yeah. But clearly the internet loves it. And if the internet loves it, those are, that's your proof right there that people love your show. Mm-hmm. Fox could have dodged a bullet if they had paid more attention to that. Not only just talking on social media, but YouTube clips, what's being shared, what's being liked, and yeah. driving people to those channels. Because I, like, personally, I don't watch Comedy Central, but I like watching The Daily Show. Yeah. So I watch The Daily Show segments via YouTube when they're available. Right. Now, if, if, if Viacom knew that us PlayStation View peons who have been without their networks for a while uh, were resorting to other methods to watch their shows, mm-hmm. maybe they'd be more likely to bring it back. <laughs> it's stuff like that is that there's other metrics now. We engage in so many different ways to watch television that, that these other companies need to pay attention to that. Right, and Nielsen is no longer dependent on these select few pick, pick cherry-picked households, yeah. but instead you can just go to, right to the audience itself and take a Twitter poll yeah. or something to get a, a general electorate. General electorate. All right. Well, uh, that kind of does it with that story. It's like, yeah, that's cool. I hope that that influences more, uh, less focus on the Nielsen's and more focus on everything. And I hope more broadcasters Mm -hmm. lean in this direction. It's definitely a good way to merge the old with the new and pivot into new, uh, new advertising venues. So we'll see. Moving on to our next story. Uh, so this I have no segue for. Uh, but former President Barack Obama is getting into the deal-making in, tele- in the television world, too. So this is where we usually talk about Netflix. And here's our Netflix story. Netflix has made a deal with the former president, and of course the first lady as well, to produce series and movies for their streaming service. It's unknown how much the agreement was for, uh, but they did recently form a new production company, called Higher Ground Productions. It's a great name. See what they did there. <laughs> and aims to cultivate and curate creative voices to promote greater understanding between people and share their stories with the entire world. They uh, also made a non-TV deal recently with Penguin Random House for a joint book deal worth $65 million for both of their memoirs. Yes, that's a joint book plus their memoirs for 65 and that's a book deal. So the so television deal is a lot more than that. Yes. So, what do you think uh, will come? Uh, what kind of show do you want to see on Netflix produced by the Obamas? Michelle Obama kid show. Yeah, like a like a kid like a. Uh, do you a want her to host STEM. it? Yeah, like a STEM thing. Yeah, do you want her to host it though? I like I, I, I would like that. her to host it. I don't know how busy she is to host it. <laughs> right. But I would like her to host it. She's 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 a good personality. Yeah, she really does. She yeah, really and she's does. great with kids. Yeah. I mean, she has like two of her own or thing. I think. I can see that yeah. working. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's no, you know what I want to see? What? I want to see the Obama <laughs> dog walk. Where uh-huh. he just goes on walks with his dog, with someone else. want to see him walk. So, comedians in cars getting coffee, but with Barack Obama and walking dogs? Yes. That sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. All right, let's do that. Let's do that. There you go. 
Obama, there are your, your free ideas. Giving, yes, because the former president, Barack Obama, is watching our podcast right now. You don't know. I, I send this out to Twitter. It's <laughs> You can listen. Yes, sure. Doubt it. All right, let's move on. Our last story is yet another reboot because it's 2018. Double Dare, the classic Nickelodeon game show, is set to return with digital creator and actress... I'm not sure what you mean by digital creator. That's what that's what it said. <laughs> and actress Liza Koshy. Uh, I have to mention that she's I have to mention that she's a digital creator because she's only 22. Dang! What? Yeah. Sorry, she's 22. <laughs> I'm gonna be hosting Double Dare. Uh, okay. I don't know who that is. Uh, original <laughs> host. Let, let me put it this way: she was born when after Double Dare went off the air. Oh, that's depressing. And also, I don't think that's true. Yes. Because they did Double Dare 2000. Oh, yes. Well, I was talking about Double Dare, not Double Dare 2000. Ah, cheater. Yeah. Uh, that counts. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, she'll host. Um, in, in case you're wondering what happened to our original host, Mark Summers. What happened to our original host, Mark Summers? Glad you asked. He's returning as a color commentator to the challenges. Sharing his knowledge and expertise with the fans each episode, as well as serving as an executive producer. Because, of course, he is. He's a voiceover. <laughs> the new uh, uh, the new show, uh, Double Dare, will premiere Monday, June 25th, just a month out, at 8 p.m. Pacific. Well, you know, it's taped live. It's live to tape, so they yeah. can do instant shows as Double much Dare. as they want. Double Dare. Yep. Uh, I probably won't watch that. I'll watch one episode, because on Nickelodeon, we get that, I think. All right, uh, yeah. let's, uh, that's it for television news, so let's talk about some television we've been watching. We have three shows yes. to d- discuss real quick here. You just finished the first season and only season of NBC's Rise. Ah, oh, yes. All right, what do you uh, think about Rise? So, when this thing first premiered and watched the first episode and commented on it, how I was just going past the season. Well, I was right. Yes. Um, did the, let's get that out of the way. Second point here. There's no way they could make a continuous thing out of this because no. the, that means the characters have to learn the same lesson every semester for every play. You have to produce yeah. a new play every season. Um, and the play has to be controversial. Parents have to hate it. There has to be something big and bombastic that will threaten the school somehow. Right. And that is a lot of drama thrown into this thing. Which doesn't need to be there. And I mentioned that when this thing premiered. That everyone has drama, but nobody needs to have all that drama. <laughs> yeah. I know they're in drama. But they but don't need that they much don't drama. Need they don't need it. Are you saying that they should save the drama for their mama? Uh, they, they should save the drama for the stage. Oh, okay. But yeah, also for their mamas. Except for one mama who is the drama. Oh, the mama is the drama. The mama is the drama. Oh, mama. Which I, I, I kept looking like, you're, you're supposed to be the mom here. You're acting like one of the teenagers. <laughs> you know, role reversal and making the kids, like, grow up when they're, like, younger than they're supposed to. Whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm glad this thing got canceled. Uh, not only just for my sake, but just for everyone's sake that they don't have to sit through an hour of teenagers being teenagers because they're teenagers. Yeah. I mean, we had this with Glee, but at least that had some humor with it. So, uh, uh, the always down on his luck, Josh Radner needs to find another show? Yeah. <laughs> Which, this isn't Josh Radner's fault. It's really none of the, the cast's fault. No. It's it's the 
Uh, it just seems like a concept. I don't know if it's all the writers, just, but it's the concept. Yeah, it's a concept that just didn't have legs. Yeah. Yeah. That's disappointing. So don't go see Rise. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't go see. I act like it's a movie. Don't don't stream Rise anytime soon. Yeah. You won't uh, unless you're pass. one of the weird people who collects one season DVDs collections. Yeah. Then you, there's no yeah. need for this. This thing is going to be gone and out of people's minds. And then they're looking like, oh yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? Remember, remember Trio, that cable network that was just canceled shows? <laughs> Really? Yeah, do you not remember this? No. Oh, Trio is hilarious. Trio is this thing, I forget, it was like the same consortium that I think that ran like Bravo and like stuff. I think it was a Comcast joint. But yeah, anyways, it was it was launched. It was like the, the, their tagline was brilliant but canceled. <laughs> and they would the, their whole thing was like, we're going to show you shows that were canceled before their time. And uh, like that was their that was their program. So it was just Firefly on repeat. There's this really funny bit in uh, uh, Tina Fey's book Bossy Pants where she says the joke about Thirty Rock during its first season was, "It'll be the best pilot ever shown on Trio," <laughs> because they thought they were going to be canceled. Yeah. Because there was no way that it would last, and yet and yet here we are. Episodes later. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, sorry. Uh, that's my, that's a, uh, Look it up. Trio. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so we also watched uh, the season finale of American Idol. The ABC reboot of American Idol has ended uh, its first season. It will be back next season. As yes, we're talking it, about did, it did get the before. redo. But man, uh, was that... Uh, a, a, Wow, a disappointing season. <laughs> so we have name dropping Lionel Richie. Yeah. We have Stop Hitting on the Contestants, Katy Perry. And No, no One Cares Luke Bryan. <laughs> so yeah, we started calling it the No One Cares Luke Bryan show because man, he said nothing of importance in the entire season of the show. He nothing he had to say was enlightening. Nothing and I would probably extend that to the other judges too. It's like the judges didn't help. They weren't su- they weren't negative really. There was at a all. lack of criticism. They it was too Here's positive. what you did. Here's what you did good. Yeah. I like this. Do more of that. Yeah. And that's not it. like Well, what if you change this? I, I like this, but this part needs work. No, it was this was good. Do this. Do do more do more of what's now, good. I'm not saying that every judge should be Simon Cowell. I think that sometimes Simon took it a little too far too. I'm definitely not saying that that is the what you should aim towards. I am all I'm saying is that you have to be honest with these kids because egos. I mean, not just that, it's just because that's otherwise you're not doing the job of being a judge on this show. But that's not like even close to the real problems with the show. Like, as soon as voting started, all the good people were kicked out. The America votes is a problem that has been a problem since American Idol started, which is. Yeah. The one good thing they did was that it went live coast to coast. Yes, that was cool. Uh, uh, kind of following the Saturday Night Live uh, kind of trend right yeah, now. Yeah, because like, Let's do now both. there's no need to do, do a live tape. Because it gives another reason for somebody to watch live. Right. Uh, but uh, he, it was good that they moved it to Sundays to do that live. Yeah, I just thought it was a boring season. A boring person won, even though I liked her. She was boring, and she's not really necessary, uh, necessarily the person you would think would win American Idol. No. But uh, then again, kind of none of them were. But that's what's going to happen when you eliminate three people a right. show. 
So yeah, also I think just the structure. They need to think about the structure again because it seems really quick and I get that they were trying to uh, make it closer to the voice and structure, uh, which makes sense because um, the voice is quicker. But also there's two seasons of the voice every year. I'm assuming ABC is going to keep American Idol annual. Or not just a spring show? Yeah, just, it's a January show, typically. Yeah, it's a jan- yeah, January. It's always to, a jan- January to... Usually to May. May, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I just hope next time maybe we'll get a, a better round of people. We'll uh, we're losing a watcher because uh, <laughs> due to the fact that Luke Bryan has been standard... He was therefore to be. He was there to be beautiful people. <laughs> oh, it's not standard. Slandered. Slandered. Luke Bryan has been slandered. He was there to be beautiful people. <laughs> beautiful people. <laughs> We're uh, not saying that he's not attractive. We're just saying that he didn't help the contestants. Uh, P.S. I've been telling y'all all along. The Voice is better. So I tried watching The Voice. We, we got watched two in. seasons of The two Voice. Seasons. I gave the voice my time. There is too much voice. <laughs> that was my takeaway from the voice. It's on too many times a week. It's on too many times a year. And the judges keep switching. And the judges keep switching. It's hard to get invested in something that doesn't feel special. That was my problem with the voice. It stopped feeling special to me because there was so much of it. American Idol still has this zeitgeisty thing about it because it's it happens less often. It happens it happens like in a more structured way and it's less it's less I don't know the, the voice has so much going on it's like three different shows in one which is a lot I don't know um, I think just that that's just a personal thing for me I think just American Idol the way it's structured is just like a little bit more how I want to watch television but there are things I do like about the voice but they're very different things they're mm-hmm. different animals they are so yeah, uh, we'll t- tune back in, I guess. When the fact they you gave American Idol your time is a real problem. <laughs> hey, I like it. It just disappointed me. All right. Uh, lastly, speaking of disappointments, we have to talk about HBO's Fahrenheit 451. Oh yes, I thought we were done. But no, no, we have, we to, have talk to talk about, about uh, this. Uh, so when we heard about this, we were pretty excited because Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon, Michael who's Shannon. a great actor, and a book that we genuinely yeah, like. Yeah, we liked. I mean, it, for Fahrenheit four fifty one. I mean, it's a it's a it's a book that does exactly what it needs to do. It's you know Ray Bradbury is a very straightforward science fiction author. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you either like you either like his stuff or you don't. You know, he's it's, he's not complicated. Uh, and that book is not complicated. No, but it's it, good. it gets the message across. It's a great like intro to that genre, especially if you're like an elementary school kid, you know, reading it in sixth grade. It's great right. for that age. So, a story like that, timeless, right? And it could kind of make maybe comment on what we're going through in society right now. There's ways you could tie it in. This is none of that. This is not like Michael B. Jordan is not charming in this. The no. story is ad- adapted so strangely, it's, it's barely uh, barely about the book at all. It's a straight enough adaptation to where no liberties are taken to make any of the characters interesting. <laughs> but then they do all sorts of weird stuff that's not in the book. 
Yeah. And it's just, it's like, what, what is this about anymore? They, they added some uh, 1984 in yeah, there. Yeah, a little bit. It's just, it's such a weird thing. I don't know. It's, it's not, <laughs> it's not worth the time that I think it could have been. The characters are very bland. Michael B. Jordan, he's a great actor. I yeah. like him. He's going to win an Oscar someday. Someday. But this is not the way this to do it. For some reason, the director just squandered his talent. I mean, he's supposed to be convincing in his role, and yet it just comes across as wishy-washy 100%. Just, oh, I like this, but I like this. But I, this yeah. is right. But this is right. But this is what I am. And that makes for a compelling character if you bring the performance out of the actor. Right, but that didn't happen. That didn't happen here. This was very much a straightforward performance. Nothing interesting. I felt bored watching Michael B. Jordan, yeah. and I never feel bored watching yeah. Michael B. Jordan. It was super boring. The script was really bad. I cringed at a lot of the dialogue. Yes. It's just, eh. Just skip it. Don't even bother. If, if you like the book, there are better adaptations. The key elements from the book are there, like yeah. the big... The characters and what they're doing and why is but there's, all in there. But, but there's filler in between. Weird filler. Weird filler. Also, the very end about the birds. Yeah. That was weird. <laughs> that made no I sense. I don't know what's going on at the end of that movie. That made no sense. So yeah, skip it. Don't bother. Even if you like the book, go read the book again or uh, see probably the many other adaptations that probably did the book better justice. Yeah. I mean, the trailer looked good. We were excited for it. Yeah. And then... And Louis Jordan goes along. Uh, All right, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that way too much. The fact you... Uh, no, we're good. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about cancellations and renewals. All right. Things that got canceled. All right, first up, The Last Ship on TNT. After its un- upcoming fifth season, will be canceled. So... Say goodbye to The Last Ship. So we at least get an extra season for now. The Last Last Ship. The Last Last Ship. Falling Water on USA has been canceled after its two seasons. The Emmy-winning Marvelous Mrs. Maisel will get... Or, sorry, Golden Globe winning. Uh, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon will get a third season. That's one more uh, after its already announced second season, which has yet to premiere. Yes, second season has yet to premiere. Uh, Smackdown, that would be WWE Smackdown, will move from USA to Network Television on Fox this fall. Yeah, Fox proper, not FX. This will be the first time, I believe, in 20-something years that wrestling has been on a primetime network. Yeah. Fun uh, fact. It will be on a Friday, though, but yeah. primetime network nonetheless. Yep. Meanwhile, on Fox, LA to Vegas. We had mentioned this last week after we talked about kind of all the canceled, ridic- the ridiculousness of all the canceled shows. We were wondering what the fate of L.A. to Vegas was and how that was the lone survivor. I think they were waiting well, for its finale to no, hit the ratings. It also didn't survive. L.A. to Vegas was canceled after just one season, rightfully so. Rightfully so. The fact it even lasted yeah. a season. Krypton on Sci-Fi will get a second season. So, so Superman. more Superman's grandpa. Going on. Wyatt Senek's Problem Areas. Wyatt Senek, a former uh, uh, correspondent on The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, his show, uh, Problem Areas, will get a second season on HBO. Uh, Philip Roth. Oh, we're into death, sorry. Uh, that's it for cancellations and renewals. Now to yes. deaths. Yes. Philip Roth, age 85, the author of American Pastoral and the Human Stain, 
and former Pulitzer Prize winner in 1998. Um, also, Clint Walker, age 90, actor in The Dirty Dozen and Small Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, that does it for deaths. Moving on to music, we of course right. start time music with, with the Billboard charts. And time to see who's atop the Billboard. Is it still Childish Gambino? Guess what? You are right. This is America. Is still your number one song in the country in America. This is America. This is America. That's not how it goes. Uh, number two, Nice for What by Drake. Number three, God's Plan by Drake. Number four, Psycho by Post Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Number five, Meant to be by BB Rexon. I don't think this moved. Meant to be, meant to be, meant to be. I don't think any of that moved from last week. Some things moved in the top 200 there to your albums chart. Number one is still Beer Bonks and Bentleys for the third straight week Why? by Post Malone. Why? Number two, though, moving up the charts, thanks to concert sales, is Beautiful Trauma by Pink. Yay, ticket sales. Ticket sales. Those ticket sales finally hit. Number three, Die Lit by Playboy Cardi debuts in the top five at number three. Number four, Voice Notes by Charlie Puth holds on. And number five, re-entering the top five again, The Greatest Showman Soundtrack. The Greatest Showman List Forever. Uh, I'm going to beat bike for The Greatest Showman Soundtrack on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's be fun. It, it better be fun. It better be fun. I don't know. It's cycling, so I don't know how much fun it's going to be. Fair enough. Your new releases. I'll enjoy it, though. Your new releases this weekend, Chad Valley with Imaginary Music. I don't know how you hear that. Churches with Love is Dead. This is what you're going to listen to, right? I will listen to this. I will report back next week. <laughs> You've been hearing bad <laughs> things about it. The, sing- the singles so far have not been great. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. But new churches, yay. Yeah, new churches, yay. Uh, Dear Nora with Skull sa- Skull Example. I almost said Skull Sample, which would be a better <laughs> name. Uh, Hoobastank. Yes, Hoobastank is still a band. Yes. With Push Pull. That Hoobastank. Joe Past with their prime. I get it. Jonathan Davis with Black Labyrinth. Is that the Jonathan Davis of... Um, um, corn. Corn? Yes, yeah. that's the part. Snow Patrol. Yes, they're still a band as well. Yes. This Wilderness. It's still Snow Patrol. And Wooden Ships. You misspelled their name. It's like it's got a J in there. With yeah. a V. That's it for new releases. Moving into music news. All right. So- First up, our favorite bland Irishman, Ed Sheeran. He's going to reportedly take on the ticket companies. Yeah, so, eh. The artist has taken a brave stance against ticket bots by canceling more than 10,000 tickets for his upcoming stadium tour. His team was able to identify purchases by known bots and resellers and revoked their tickets. So far, more than $240,000 have been returned to fans who inadvertently bought invalid tickets. This aggressive stance stems from a Teenage Cancer Trust gig last March where hundreds of tickets were purchased and sold for profit. So basically, that Sharon's been uh, screwed over before, and he will be taking it to the streets to make sure this doesn't happen again. He wants to make sure that his fans pay his own set price that he, yes. pay, that he sets. Right. Uh, he's even goes so far as to print the name of the person on each ticket, mm-hmm. and should you show up to the concert with an invalid ticket, they will literally stamp it invalid. Yeah. So you can take it back to whoever you bought it, and then... Take them to court because you bought an invalid ticket. Yeah. No, take it's a smart. refund. Smart stuff. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about Ticketmaster for a while. Uh, sure, not were, just Ticketmaster, but just, Ticket bots. Uh, ticket bots and, and talking about ways that artists are doing it. So, yeah, good for 
Um, and Sharon doing something important. Yeah, this is a good stance. Uh, hopefully, more artists take this kind of yeah, stance. Doing something, and uh, or we'll see more companies try and you know, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Another company taking a stance, of course, was Spotify with its introduction of its new hate content and hateful conduct policy last week. Right. Which so we talked about. Yeah, we talked about R. Kelly basically getting yes. the promotional shaft. So yeah, he has been. Uh, R. Kelly was removed from promotional material as previously reported. Well, this all of this uh, policy change is coming to the crosshairs of a feminist group called Ultraviolet. Yes. They are asking the company to go further. And make moves towards others in similar situations, such as, this is their list, Eminem, Nelly, Chris Brown, Ted Nugent, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and many more. I could definitely see the Chris Brown part yeah, in here. Yeah, I can see the Eminem too. Yeah. And the Nelly. Uh, while all the performers on this list have either been ex- accused or admitted to be uh, doing terrible things, uh, Spotify is left to um, uh, make the decision ultimately about whether they ban them. Right, and no decision uh, has been made yet, yeah. but it does bring up the interesting concept of double standards. I mean, you can't... You can't police everyone, I that's know. That's the thing, is that Spotify's in a tough spot here because they can't literally go through like literally every artist on their platform to determine whether or not they're, they've earned the right to stream. It's like, <laughs> the, the, that would be a vetting process that would be impossible. Because of how many artists are on Spotify. Yeah. So I think, yes, realistically, the bigger names, like some of the people on this list, probably all the people on this list, being honest, uh, yes, Spotify should take that into, into consideration. But you're right that to be able to decide like every single artist and whether they are have the right to be on the service would be super limiting. And would, that wouldn't... That will not happen. Well, because as soon as you go into that, then you realize that, wait, every rapper has committed yeah. murder or something other <laughs> like that. I don't know if that's fair, but but I think what we're getting... I know. Like, it's, it's, also, it's also dangerous here. We don't necessarily go want to get into the slippery, slippery slope conundrum here. We're not saying that it's like, oh, well, if they do this, they'll have to do this. And like, It's a little more complicated than that. Spotify as a service is kind of like YouTube as a service. There's so much on it that Policing all of it is just, I don't know how you can do it. They they should. We're not saying they shouldn't. It's just, man, it's it's a lot. Right, and then where exactly do you draw the line? Yeah, and ultimately that's for Spotify to decide. I I think they're good on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Moving forward. now, yeah. I think moving forward, now that they have this set up, anyone who breaks this moving forward... Then they can do that. Yeah. But to like backtrack everything, it's, it's going to take too long and you're going to piss off a lot of people. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, baby steps, I suppose. Yep. All right. Next up, somebody who probably won't be removed for anything. I don't think she's done anything super crazy. Gwen Stefani, formerly well, of No and Doubt and her uh, solo career. Uh, she will be taking up residency at the Zappos Theater at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. For a show called Gwen Stefani, Just a Girl. And if that state, if that arena sounds familiar... This show is replacing the Britney Spears residency that ended there earlier this year. Uh, yeah, on December 31st of last year. Yes. That's her final show. We reported on it. It was amazing. The shows start June 27th for 25 shows through the summer of 2018. And then again in December 2018 and March 2019. 
In addition, Gwen Stefani, Live Nation, and the Caesars Entertainment Company have announced a partnership with Cure for the Kids Foundation, where $1 of every ticket will be donated to the nonprofit helping children who are facing life-threatening diseases. That's nice. Yes. Nice little thing. I, th- I believe it's one ticket up to a million dollars? Not that. So, I yeah. I think uh, you're it may just be one ticket all of, of it all. Yeah. So if you're a fan of uh, Gwen Stefani, and I know some people who are, uh, go see her in Vegas. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, she is also still a mom with three kids of like yes. 11, 10, and 8. My question is, will Blake Shelton be there? <laughs> yeah. We'll see. He may pop up for a show. Maybe. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. I don't see why not. Like, of, of the 27 shows, I'm sure one of them he's bound to pop up. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's as long as they're still, you know, dating. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Last story in music is about Kind Heaven. Perry Farrell, the frontman of Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros, has a new venue in Las Vegas, partnering with Caesars Entertainment. Did you get this from the same story? <laughs> kind Heaven is being described as a $100 million five-story venue featuring multiple musical stages, 40 food stations, mm, food stations, yes. bars and alleyways, alleyways, offering the best of Southwest alleyways, Asian yes. culture, music, food, danger. Literally <laughs> danger. Exoticism and spiritual enlightenment. Danger! Yes. So this thing will not only include... Pickpocketers, yes. Oh, God. Yes, pickpocketers, but also holograms? Pickpocketers? Uh, do they give them your money back after they steal it from you? I don't know. It's <laughs> terrifying. Why would you want to be pickpocketed? I know, right? But um, yeah, you know, there would also be holograms, as in holographic monkeys fighting. What the, what the, what the hell is this? I don't know what this is, but <laughs> it sounds weird. Danger. Dangerous. And yet, I kind of <laughs> want to check it out. <laughs> I do not want to check it out. It's scheduled to open in August 2019 in the Link Promenade Shopping Center. Yes. Right now, the, right now, those are just a bunch of like random shops, but I guess they're yeah. going to turn that into an actual <laughs> hotel heaven. Five-level experience. It's, uh, this is where that uh, big... Link um, makes me think of Disney wheel Quest. is. Remember the, the high roller wheel? Yeah, that just makes me think of Disney Quest. Yeah. Remember Disney Quest? Vaguely. Disney Quest is the indoor theme park that they tried to launch in Orlando that was like arcade games and stuff. It was where you could ride the, the Aladdin magic carpet thing where it was like actually you're sitting on a magic carpet. I believe there was something very similar to that out here in the uh, in city of industry. Similar, at but, some point. But I, I went to that. But I yeah, have a vague memory of it. I went to Disney went Quest to before they shut it down. They shut it down like two years ago or something like that. But yeah, it's weird. That thing's weird. Yeah, Disney I think was, I remember they were promoting, uh, promoting like Tarzan, Tarzan Treehouse, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. All right, moving on. Moving uh, on. So that'll be it for music. Let's move into video games and new releases. First up is new releases. We have for this week Mega Man Legacy Collection One and Two. So you that sh- uh, that will be coming out for the Switch. Those games are already available on PS4 and Xbox One. State of Decay Two comes out on Xbox One. You can, I believe, play it free if you have Xbox Game Pass. I believe so. Or free. It, I mean, for subscribers. So ten dollars a month. Right. Uh, Disco Dodgeball Remix, which sounds like fun, <laughs> uh, is on there. <laughs> is out for PlayStation Four and Switch. 
Dark Souls Remasters finally released on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. And lastly, your big release, unfortunately, for the week is uh, Detroit Become Human on PS4, which we talked about last week. Yes, that will be out on Friday. So, uh, so you can pick that up on Friday. Yeah. Um, we'll at some point play it over the weekend. I'm going to yeah. Redbox it. We'll see. For a day. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we can get to it. Yeah. All right. Our uh, first story on video game news is about Overwatch because, of course, it is. But this is a good story. Yes. For the a, month of May. It's a feel-good story. For the month of May. Get it? May. Overwatch. Yes. Nah. You get your May. hands on an exclusive pink skin, not for May, but for Mercy, that will benefit the Breast Cancer Research Foundation and its fight to cure cancer with 100% of the proceeds going to the foundation. In total, they have raised already just un- just under $10 million from skin purchases, Overwatch store t-shirt exclusives, and Twitch stream donations. So, good job, yes. Blizzard. Yes, good job. A good job on choosing the Breast Cancer Research Foundation and not the Susan Coleman Foundation. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. They did their research there, didn't they? They did their research there. All right. Next up in uh, video game news, Fortnite. Because if we talk about Overwatch, yeah, talk about Fortnite. And since we're talking about giving away a bunch yep. of money, Epic Games will be providing one hundred million dollars in esports tournament prize pools in the first year of competitive Fortnite play. There is no competitive structure or eligible platforms to meet yet, but details will be arriving in the coming weeks. Epic Games plans to be more inclusive and focused on the joy of playing and watching the game. Right. This will be a Season 2, as part of their launch of Season 2. No, like like we said, no word yet on what the structure is, but they just made a general blasé announcement. General blasé. General blasé announcement of... (laughs) 100 million dollars the upcoming season yeah so if you're one of the few to actually win a fortnite game yeah it could actually turn into money money what do you know so yeah uh, people who care about competitive esports and uh fortnite tune in yes uh, and if we'll... you've been able to win a game congratulations good for you <laughs> good for you However, moving on to some sad news best buy will be retiring their gamers club program they will not be accepting new members for both the free Gamers Club membership and the Gamers Club Unlocked membership. If you were a member of this promo, it allowed you to save 20% of all games anytime, any version. You can still use your membership, but you will not be able to renew it ever again. So after it ends, it's toast. Yes. Uh, this news came swiftly and suddenly as yes. even cost Best Buy employees <laughs> off guard. Um, I remember people loving this thing. I had some people yes. uh, that I both knew in person and also online who just sang the praises of this thing all the time. It's basically how they could afford to buy new games. Right. Because they were saving 20% every time. Well, because this was just on pre-orders. Yeah. This was 20% on any Anything. game, but any version of the game. So if there's a collector's edition or premier edition, off. You can get 20% off. Standard edition, uh, 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 super editions for standard price. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. But now, do I have a reason to go back to Best Buy? Not really. This is bad because Best Buy, you know, should be watching what's happening to Toys R Us and other kind of retailers similar to it and trying to get consumers staying uh, buying their stuff at a retail store, not making them go away. Right. Which this does. 
don't know. It's now, bad. Now, if you want to get any type of discount, you have to do the Amazon pre-order. Yeah, I was going to say. even that itself will run out eventually when Amazon decides that, oh, we're the only game? We don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Best Buy. Moving on to the golf video games. PGA, the independent developer HB Studios, announced an agreement with the PGA Tour to add officially licensed courses to the Golf Club 19, which is their golf game. The PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch and Switch and PC versions will have a career mode, so basically all of them. I don't know why you just didn't say everything. <laughs> I just wanted you to uh, God. <laughs> we'll have a career mode taking you through Q School. What's Q School? Uh, I don't know. The, the Q School. Q School. I want to go to Q School. What about Q's? Quest School. I don't know. Sure. And up to the FedEx Cup playoffs on the PGA Tour. Scholarships will be unlocked. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, sponsorships. Sponsorships. It's, it's, it's like... I a scholarship to Q School. The sponsorships <laughs> will be unlocked through career mode as well as other tournament players club exclusive courses. Players club. The financial terms were not disclosed, but it appears to only cover courses and sponsors and not players themselves. EA's Rory McIlroy PGA Tour, meanwhile, will be removed from digital marketplaces this week as their license deal with EA will expire. Yes. Uh, these games were good with the Tiger Woods. Yeah, um, back in the day. Yeah, and you could play as like, anyone, including like the greats, uh, golfers, and gamers of t- uh, today. But gamers you know, licensing. Today. Yes, the golfers are gamers. Golfers are gamers. I don't know. I think they're golfers. Right, the golfers of today. The golfers of today. Yeah, but yeah, as time goes on and licensing expires, uh, yeah, it'd be now. This this New is deals. the only new game in town for golfers. Yeah. Or golfing games. Oh, ex- <laughs> except for the Mario golfing gamer part. Golfing. You need to stop talking. You are bad <laughs> out of words. Which is great because now we go into you talking a lot because that's it for video game news. So you get to now talk. You finished The God of War. Yes. Boy of War. Dad of War. Whatever the hell we ended up calling this game in the, what? Three four weeks that you played this Three weeks, straight. 17 streams. So, you have now finished your epic quest uh, uh, in, in Midgard with not, Kratos and Not, not only have Atreus. I finished the quest, I have 100%ed the quest. So why do you feel... There's one thing left I need to do to earn yeah. the Platinum Trophy, and that is the Arena Missions. Right. Which so, I will get to at some point, maybe. So what's your final take on God of War? This is a story-driven game through and through. Yeah. Uh, unlike the previous God of Wars, where they focused a lot on combat and high hit attacks and crazy stats and lore. Oh my God, so much Greek lore. Mm-hmm. This is a family game. Not in the sense of family, but in the sense of it's a father and son game uh, central. And it's also a mother and son game. Central. Yeah, a bit. This thing is all about parents, parents, and kids, and parents learning to trust their kids, kids learning to grow to understand the world, and parents letting go of the kids and being, at times, protective when they need to be of their kids. It's a great story. This I cannot say enough of this story. This isn't one story awards after awards, unless something comes out, which I doubt. Even unless for some reason. Detroit Become Human is this bizarre story that just captures everything. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. But 
expect God of War to just basically sweep all the awards. Yeah, it definitely seems like it might. It looks great. It runs great. It plays great. The story is amazing. I expect a sequel out of this thing yeah. in three years, two years, three years, whatever. But the, uh, I was listening to, to some extras um, interviews with the director and say that they had to actually stop writing halfway through <laughs> because he realized that we were writing the second game on it Yeah, already. So there's a lot of lore that they can definitely delve into. And they're actually specifically trying to stay away from the Odin, Thor, Loki model because right. because of Marvel. Yeah, branch confusion. Branch confusion. You have very popular characters now that are based on uh, uh, not Greek mythology. Yeah, Marvel mythology. Uh, the, yeah, the, these Norse, these Norse myth. Right, so they're no longer estranged, but rather in relevant pop culture yeah. cinematic movie news. So here's a question. Here's an answer. Uh, what do you think about possible DLC? What do you think they could do for a little, maybe a realm that you didn't get to go to before? So there are like th- three realms. Vanaheim? <laughs> yes, there are three realms, one being Vanaheim. <laughs> And one being Asgard. Yeah. Those two realms, and then a third one, which is some Norse name, I don't remember off the top yeah. of my head. But, yes, those those realms were specifically locked by Odin. I... Now, you can have DLC to have them unlocked, or you can just save it for the next game, which I think they yeah. might do. Ah, uh, I was really hoping that there would be an expansion where you would go to Vanaheim and go to Disneyland. <laughs> Yeah. Not me, the, the Van Hanaheim Angels. Yeah, the Vangels. The Vangels. The Vanaheim Angels. See, the Vanaheim Vidux. The <laughs> Disneyland is the best one. <laughs> Go to the the Vigrove. The Vigrove. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we live in Orange County. Anyways. <laughs> So, uh, okay, well, uh, so you recommend the people who have a PlayStation 4 pick up God of War. So, much like last year when Horizon Zero Dawn Mm -hmm. came out and was basically the best game at the time. Yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. This is the best game of its time. Especially on the PS4 Pro. It runs great. I love the lighting in this thing. It's insane. I love the snow effects. There's so much detail into this game that I cannot sing enough praises about it and a lot of people worked on this game it's more than just story just just graphically and engine wise it uses the the ps4 engine to its full potential and yet i still think they can do more with it too yeah there's just so i'm just gonna pour over this game (laughs) constantly if anyone like tries to like say wishy-washy I'm just going to stop him right there and say you have to play it. Even if you haven't played the original God of War stuff, yeah. there's enough explanation in... It's its own thing. In its own thing. It's really its own thing. Yes. Even though it does There are a couple of things on that, it, yeah. But, but, but you don't need to know what happened. Yeah, the game doesn't... It, gives, it explains enough to it, you. Yeah, it does a good job explaining to people who aren't initiated. Right. Because the sun isn't. It's like the sun is the audience surrogate there, where the right. sun is basically learning just like you are. Right, and be also because the sun also doesn't know a whole lot of lore, you're basically, like I said, surrogate playing through it. Even though you're playing as Kratos. You mean 
Yeah, you're playing as Kratos. Yes, you're playing as Kratos, not as, as yeah. boy. 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 So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, cool. So you like the game, people should play it. This um, is, uh, currently this will be my number one game of the yeah, list. so far. Game of the year. I'm, I'm struggling trying to think of any other game that's coming out this well, year. Well, that's what E3 is for, because man, the end of this calendar year is just a blur. I know. Because Red Dead Redemption, we know, is probably the only like huge game that's definitely coming out at the end of this year. Kingdom Hearts 3 is yeah, impossible. Is possible. They've announced 2018, but I can easily see this being pushed back to 2019. But yeah, they we did are... do a, a, like, a wide demo in uh, Santa Clara this yeah. past weekend, showing off new material. It looks great. People are saying it plays great. It combines a lot of the elements of the previous games. But we're not here to talk about that. But yeah, we are two weeks away from E3, by the way. So we will have all that news and we'll tell you what games you should care about by the end of the year as well. Right. We have Detroit Become Human coming out end of this year. See how that plays. Or it's end of this year. End of this <laughs> week. Yeah. See how that plays out. Um, and yeah, uh, the Spider-Man game. The Spider-Man from... Uh, was it shot or uh, Insomniac? Insomniac is making the Spider-Man game. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be this year as well. That's September. Yes, that's coming out too. There's a lot of great games still to come out, but it's gonna be hard to see. In terms of story, in terms of scope, and in terms of just how big the freaking game was. Right. I mean, we're like, I I feel wild. It it not only just take me a while to get through this game, but even when I was done with this, just the story itself. There's still a lot more to do and to get through. This game is massive. This game is big on a good scale. Even though you don't go to that many worlds, it is layered with lore and things to do. And it is a wonderfully, wonderfully crafted game. I love the puzzles in it. The puzzles are smart. I love the game mechanics. Like I said, there's just not enough I can say that I love about this game. As for anything that I didn't like about the game, yeah, I'm struggling to pull teeth here. <laughs> and that's not just because I'm a fan of God of War. Yeah. But they were able to reboot this franchise in a fresh new take, in a fresh new world, and give a great, tell a great story in a game setting that you don't need to know what was going on. Mm-hmm. It gives you everything. It tells you everything. It even tells you if you want to learn more, here's extra lore for you. So it'll be really interesting. And they definitely leave it off with a good teaser as to where this game can go. Um, there's definitely a big spoiler at the end of who the kid uh, kid's identity is. At the very, very, very end, when you actually get back home, you are greeted with Thor. Thor! Actual Thor and what turns out to be, or was hinted at, Ragnarok, which is a great place to take this series of this game. Yeah. Take it into Ragnarok. I would really much like to see that. I would what really like to see is take the second game, kill Kratos at the end, make the third game about the boy. <laughs> the boy yeah. picks up the mantle. By that, that point, that could totally be the case. I could totally see that. Make the next game, skip a few years, age the boy up into teenage mode. Yeah. Teenage boy, where you have all that teenage angst going against your dad. Yeah. Basically, having him find out that like he killed his mom or something. Like, he let his mom die, and now he yeah. has total resentment for him. 
something like that. Then know? Dad sacrifices himself. Boyd realizes he was wrong. Although, he isn't left. that doesn't that kind of defeat the whole like moral of the end of this game, where it's basically like, no, they're not gonna continue that cycle. Like they're better than that. Well, I didn't say. Boy, <laughs> I didn't say Dad. Boyd kills Dad. I'd say uh, Dad dies. I know, but. You know what I mean. Yeah, the whole point of this game is to break the cycle. <laughs> yeah, and they did, and they successfully have. So yes. I don't think that I don't think that will happen. No. Anyways, okay, let's wrap this up. So yeah, but yeah, I, I could see boy killing dad, and then you know MacGuffin resurrection happening. MacGuffin resurrection. MacGuffin resurrection, my new bad name. Yeah, <laughs> All right, so but yes, uh, uh, so let's wrap this up. So yeah, uh, God of War, play it if you have a PS4. You'll probably enjoy at least part of it. Seems like a really well made thing. Yes. Um, there's very few things to dislike about this game. You may get confused with like the random Norse mythology thrown around because it's a lot thrown at you, and you might get confused a lot with the names. Yeah. But don't let that stop you. Yeah. The, the, there's enough in this world to where you don't have to pay attention to names to understand what is going on. I mean, it definitely helps, but because it is video game logic, you don't need the names per se yeah the, the the characters are very different enough to where you understand everything all right fair enough okay uh let's stop talking about that uh just real briefly um uh we also started uh life is strange before the storm uh this week this was the game not... came out last year though yeah this, episodes this is the prequel uh to uh life is strange uh which we played and streamed for our media boat uh, podcast we aren't streaming this one uh, due to technical things but uh, we're we're into uh, the second of three episodes three in a bonus episode yeah. right now so I'll let you know how I'm feeling about that uh, as we kind of get closer to the end uh, but yeah just started that it seems to um, have some things that are improvement over the last one some things that are definitely steps backwards from the last one no time travel this time so they had to basically create some new mechanics that kind of sassy backtalk chloe mode as i call it yes uh, <laughs> is kind of a cool mechanic uh kind of makes you pay more attention to the dialogue which is neat i think that's really cool but everything else is kind of just feels like it's a it's kind of like a cheap imitation of the first game and that's not necessarily its fault. There's only so much you can do with that kind of structure. Especially when you know where you know the game has to end up. Yeah. And that's not the problem with a lot of prequels. Prequel. It's got the prequel problem. Yeah, yeah. It's where your characters, no matter where they are at the beginning, you know. have to end up at this specific place because you know mm-hmm. they have to be here in order for the next story, the story you've already played, right, to happen. To happen. But uh, that being said, it has uh, like narratively a lot of the same... Uh, uh, Strengths as the first one did, where it, its strengths are in the personal, personalities of these kids and, or I guess teenagers, teenagers. And, uh, and and how they interact with each other and their relationships. The the adults are boring. They're going to be a boring boring because that because that's the point. the The real story is in with is with the kids, and I think it'll be interesting to see where this one goes. It's already gonna go in some places I didn't expect it to. Which was the case for the first game. I mean, that was the story of the whole first game, which is like, man, that went some places. Yeah. Uh, this one doesn't seem like it's going into that dark territory yet, <laughs> but I could be very, very wrong. Because, like I said, I'm only in the second episode of four. Uh, oh. The other thing is that 
Ashley Birch is greatly missed as <laughs> Chloe in these games. I've been hearing a lot of Ashley Birch uh, since I've been watching a lot of OKKO, and she's a main character in that show. Yeah. And so I'm kind of disappointed not hearing her. But from what I understand, the, uh, the uh, third episode, because it was uh, recorded in time after the, the strike, um, she is involved. Right. In the, 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 the vocals, the, the, the actor strike. Yes. 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 That is kind of the other thing that I I feel like I have to mention, uh, because you have to mention it about this game, Mm -hmm. is that, yes, technically this game was uh, made with, uh, with, like, labor, scab labor, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's not great, obviously. I wish that it wasn't. And it kind of does kind of put a pallor on the game that I wish wasn't there. So that sucks. I know. But... Like I said, that third episode and I think the bonus episode both have Ashley Birch involved, so I'm looking forward to hearing the real Chloe again. <laughs> but yeah, I'll talk about that more next week when I get a little further in. Yep. Other than that, I think we're good. We haven't been playing a lot of good. games. We may get into Detroit Become Human. Maybe. We may stream it. We may not. I Maybe. have yet to determine that entire Maybe. process. If we care. If we care. Like, like, we mentioned, like I mentioned last week when I played the demo, it just seems like very confusing. Yeah. And if you want to get the full story, you may not get it on the first playthrough, and I do not want to do that. Yeah, no. So, All right. we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll figure it out comes. next week. But for the time being, that will do it for video games, and that will do it for the Media Boat Podcast. So let's just plug away here. Let's plug away before I get to plug away. We're redoing our whole uh, our sound system here. Yes. After this. Anyways, so you can find us here on YouTube Every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific for the Media Boat Podcast streaming live. We stream live every Wednesday night at 8 on our YouTube channel. Just search Media Boat Podcast on YouTube and you'll find us. You can even click that little bell to get subscriptions to get a subscription to our thing, our notifications. So that way you'll get notified when we go live. You can also find us on social media, which is another way you can find out when we go live. We're at Media Boat Cast on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Just search Media Boat Podcast. Like our page. We're on MediaBoatPodcast.com, which is our website where you can see all our writing. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts if you want just the audio version of the show, as well as our ISS feed can be plugged into certain podcatchers of all sorts to get it there as well. Uh... Also, you can help us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash MediaBoat is where you can donate to us as little as a dollar a month. That goes towards creating even more better content for you guys. Also, exclusive content just for patrons. Um, Lastly, you can find us streaming video games such as God of War or Become uh, Detroit Become Human, maybe. On twitch.tv slash mediaboat. We will be live on that the next time we play a video game. We'll let you know. All right. uh, That'll do it because I am running out of words. Yep. When we go live, whether it's streaming or whether it's Twitch gaming, we're on Twitter. Just just Twitter. Twitter goes to everything. Notifies you that's happening. Can't talk anymore. All right. All right. Let's we have to go. Yeah, we're going to call we'll us. We'll be back next week. Thank you all for listening. We'll Bye. be back next week with even more reviews. We'll have our solo, yes, solo. thoughts. 
uh, maybe some video game thoughts. You're going to have the church's thoughts. Yeah. And any other uh, TV shows that ended. We'll have some oh, things. Oh, I, I forgot to talk about a MasterChef Junior. Oh, well, no <laughs> one cares. Well, we'll yeah. be back next week. We'll be back next week. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.